Good morning and happy Tuesday to you. It is January 17th and you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven at this 7 a.m. hour here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. Always happy to be with you in the morning and uh, what a morning we have in store for us today. So let us begin our morning in prayer together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning on the show, we're very happy that we will be uh, speaking with Jason Everett. Jason and I were able to speak yesterday afternoon, and we're going to bring you that conversation this morning. A lot of stuff for us. Um, it's going to be a, a good morning here on Roadmap to Heaven. So let's go to uh, Mike Roberts now. Today is the feast day of St. Anthony of Egypt. Born in Egypt around 251, both his parents died when he was in his late teens. He was inspired by the advice Jesus had given to a wealthy young man seeking heaven. Go, sell what you have, give to the poor, then come follow me. And that is exactly what Anthony did, giving away some of his land to his neighbors, selling the rest, and giving all of the proceeds to those in need. Anthony had heard about St. Paul the Hermit, who was living in the desert, and went to see him. For the next 15 years, he worked several humble jobs, including being a shepherd, while learning from Paul, and eventually Anthony himself became a hermit. He was hated by Satan, who tortured him relentlessly and even beat him at one point, leaving him so battered he needed the help of local villagers to recover. But Anthony began to attract followers. And when he was in his mid-50s, finally gave in to request for him to build a community, allowing a series of small cells to be assembled, but rejecting anything that resembled a large or grand building. During the persecution of Decius, when Anthony was in his 60s, he fearlessly visited those condemned for their faith. In his 80s, he joined the battle against Arianism, and he is considered the first monk. Anthony died on this day in 356. St. Anthony of Egypt, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Welcome back to Roadmap to Heaven. You know, as a parent, one of those things I often wish is that I had cat-like reflexes to reach for the dial whenever a topic came up on the radio that I didn't want my children to listen to. And we just want to give you a heads up. We're going to be talking about chastity in this next segment here. And if you have young listeners in the car, this may be one of those ones. It's an important topic, but one where you're going to want to change the dial for just a little bit. We want to thank you for listening to Roadmap to Heaven, but we want to give you this option. Well, when you hear the name Everett here on Roadmap to Heaven, you probably default to Kristalina Everett. We've been pleased and privileged to speak with her many times, but today we get to talk to her wonderful husband, Jason Everett. And if you've ever been to chastity.com, you know the work that Jason is doing. Jason, it's so good to have you with us today on Roadmap to Heaven. Thanks for having me on. I have to say right off the bat, by the way, I, I incredibly 
appreciate how easy your website is to remember. You know, that's, that's a big thing for me is, you know, what's the URL? All right, chastity.com. I've got that one down. Uh, we were right next to you at Seek 23 just over a week ago here in St. Louis, and the line was wrapped around our booth, around the corner, down the way of young adults wanting to speak with you. And there are a lot of questions they have right now about everything related to chastity, including pornography, gender. I don't even know where to begin. So I'm going to let you take it away. What What are we hearing about? What are you hearing about? What are the conversations we need to be having right now? Yeah, I mean, in that line, you know, I heard a lot of confessions, didn't absolve anybody, but they kind of feel free to come forward and they just dump it all out. So lots of stuff with pornography struggles for the guys as well as the girls. Um, I did do uh, a breakout session to the college students on the topic of gender. And so had quite a few students coming up wrestling with that in their own lives of gender dysphoria or having a friend who identifies as trans and what do I do there? Uh, so those topics were common. Uh, dating relationship questions, you know, how do, how do we keep our relationship pure? We messed up, we wanna start over, how far is too far? So is this guy the right one for me? What do you think? Why can't I find a decent guy out there? Everybody's hooked on porn. So that kind of gives you a 30,000 foot view of a lot of the conversations and questions um, the kids were having. So we can go in any of those directions or more, depending on where you'd like to lead it. Well, let's start with pornography. Um, You know, here's a morning show for you. Let's start with pornography. But sadly, I was reading an article, they they interviewed you the other day, that since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, I mean, we knew pornography was a problem in our culture. It has only gotten worse in the last few years. And why is that? And what can we do? Yeah, this isn't this isn't just an urban legend. It's skyrocketed. One of the, the biggest porn companies in America actually provides exhaustive research regarding statistics globally of the porn consumption, males as well as females, ages, nationalities. And it was just this hockey stick acceleration of porn consumption. They were behind some of that because they said, look, in our effort to help uh, you know, communities with health, uh, we want to encourage you to stay home. And so we're going to give you free access to all of our porn you know, for the next couple of months so that you just stay home and watch porn instead of getting people COVID. And you know, it's just so twisted that they think that they're serving the public interest by getting more men and women addicted to pornography. But this massive acceleration globally, and, and people think, well, I thought it's just a guy's thing. Well, over the age of 30, there's a relatively big disparity of males versus females consuming the porn. But under 30, the girls are catching up real fast. And a lot of the girls start looking out of curiosity, okay, what do I need to look like? And what do I need to do? And who do I need to be? But they, they don't understand, like, they were never created to be porn. They were created to be loved. And then the boys get hooked on this stuff and they wonder why they can't have a relationship that lasts for more than six weeks and the thing implodes. And it's not only the college students, but I mean, I I remember one girl wrote me this long letter and she said, I was addicted to this stuff hardcore for years. And she said, I finally broke free and I haven't looked at porn in two years. And she said, I'm hoping I can stay strong because next year I'm going to be in high school. I know the temptations will be worse there. I mean, this is a grade school Catholic girl who's been struggling with pornography for years um, before even reaching junior high. And so we've got to get our heads out of the sand, realize what's going on, and then as parents become computer literate to block this stuff. Because a lot of parents don't even know how to open an email attachment and their kids hacking into the Pentagon's website for fun after school. So we got to catch up there. Yeah, it's one of those things that I have been fortunate to talk with enough parents 
who have, are a couple years ahead of me and say, this is a priority, make it a priority that, you know, our son, when he goes out with his friends, do we give him a cell phone? Well, yeah, we do, but then we take it away as soon as he gets home. And there are so many parental locks on it. If he even tries to go to a website, I get a text message immediately saying the owner of this phone tried to go to a website. It drives him crazy. But I know he's protected. And hearing some of the conversations, you know, as a parent, sometimes if you just hang back, you'll hear those peer conversations. They forget you're there. I'm so glad that we're doing this. Yeah. And and we've got to realize this is going to be an ongoing effort. It's not like set it and forget it kind of thing. And eventually these are kind of like training wheels, right? The, 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 The filters, you can't have social media, you can't have that. We don't want to have those on so tight until they graduate and then, okay, bye, good luck. Now you have everything. I think we want to gradually give them more online freedom as they mature, not just with age as a number, but emotionally and spiritually mature so that by the time they're getting ready to head off to college, they've practiced some of these freedoms under your watch. Okay, now you have your internet browser and you could have a little bit of Twitter or a little bit of this and some of them, I'd be like, hey, no TikTok, no Snapchat, no Discord. You don't need that. Um, but here's some other ones. Then we're going to start trying with these. And oh, had a little slip up. Okay, now what was going on there? Were you bored? Were you lonely? Were you angry? Were you stressed out? Were you tired? Why'd you make that decision? And so that they're walking with us, gradually those training wheels come off because one day they're not going to have all these filters and they have to become their own filter. And so it's a process of developing their conscience to be able to be truly free. Here's one of the best parts. Let's talk about some really good news in all of this. If you go to chastity.com and you're saying, I want to spread this truth, I want to spread this goodness, you can actually launch a project right where you're at, in your parish, in your community, at your school, whatever it may be. I actually just a little bit ago clicked on that link to see what was involved. It's so easy. It's amazing. The resources that you can provide are all there. I mean, Jason, I, I don't know how you put this together, but wow, the, the, to become a missionary of chastity at chastity.com is w- what a wonderful idea. Yeah, we, well, what happened is, we, you know, we'd meet people that are boots on the ground. They want to evangelize. They don't have the resources. They were kind of like this uh, unorganized militia of people that were just had pitchforks and whatever. And I'm like, well, what if we could be arms dealers? You know, we create these assets. We create these books on gender, chastity, breaking free from pornography. And people don't have big budgets necessarily. So let's sell them in bulk at like $4 a book instead of 15. And then they can get a case of them. Maybe they can't afford that. Okay, well, we'll just send them to you for free. Launch a project. We'll announce it on social media. Hey, look, so-and-so wants to give away 500 copies of this book. And then we announce it on social media. People donate to your project. And then we send you everything for free. So you don't pay for it. And we don't pay for it. Some college students reached out to us. And they said, look, our college is going to have like a sex fair on campus where they're going to have booths promoting birth control and all this lifestyles. And um, they decided we want to do something about it. So we want to have a booth at the sex fair too. So they got a booth. They called it Plan C. So instead of Plan B, birth controls, Plan C, chastity. And they said, can you just send us hundreds of free books and we'll give them to the college students? I'm like, oh yeah. So we loaded them up and they spent all week giving away chastity books. And then they said, you know, it's cool. At the end of it, when it was all done, the university did an exit survey asking the students, what is the number one thing you learned at this year's sex fair? College students said, number one thing, chastity. And so that's the idea is just equip these boots on the ground to spread this message. 
All right. Well, Jason Everett, I want to thank you for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven today. Again, if you've missed it, chastity.com, easiest website to remember that we're going to give you, if not today, this week, this month, I'm willing to bet uh, it's one you will easily remember. And check out the other resources. They have some great videos, some great podcasts as well. We look forward to the next time we either get to talk with you, Jason, or with your lovely bride, Crystalina. It's always a joy to check in with the Everts. Friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will be back after this. We pause on this Tuesday for our daily dose of encouragement, and this week we are talking about praying for our priests. And here with another way we can do that is Patty Schneier. Well, I'm trying to share with you some practical, tangible things you can download, get from the website here on Covenant Network um, to be praying for priests and committing to it. When you have a prayer card and you maybe keep it or something on your windowsill, you're more likely to do it day after day. And there are two different organizations I want to talk about today that are committed to praying for priests. The first we have here in St. Louis is called the Apostolate of Spiritual Motherhood for the Sanctity sanctification of priests. It's here in the Archdiocese. I'm going to share with you the website. And again, you can look this up. It's called www.stlspiritualmotherhoodforpriests.com. Number of resources are all on that website. Let me say it again. www.stlspiritualmotherhoodforpriests.com. The second organization I want to talk about is the Ave Maria Center of Peace. And they have a beautiful pamphlet. Again, I don't know where I first got this, probably from the Spiritual Motherhood for the Sanctification of Priests, but it's called A Rosary for Priests. And I absolutely love this brochure. I keep it in my Bible bag. And all of the mysteries of the rosary are all geared toward praying for the holiness of our priests and for praying for the intentions of them and and the sacrifices and all that they go through in their lives. So if you have never prayed a rosary for priests, go to the website for Ave Maria Center of Peace. And they're out of Niagara Falls, New York. And you can get and ask for this pamphlet. Again, we'll post it on the website and on the podcast so that you can get it here. But pray a rosary for priests and look out the apostolate for the spiritual motherhood for the sanctification of priests. So there's some great resources out there. Patty, those are two wonderful ways to pray for our priests. And thank you for providing these resources so we can all join in. If I could ask you to join me in praying for a special intention today uh, for someone who will be having surgery and for the surgeons and for a quick, speedy recovery with no complications, uh, that that would be wonderful. I'm not able to say more than that, but God knows the rest of the details and the Blessed Mother knows the rest of the details. So if you could please remember that intention in your daily rosary today, I would be grateful. Um, And if you ever have an intention you'd like us to pray for, drop us a line here at the station. We pray each and every day as a staff, and we pray for our listeners' intentions. And it's a joy every day at about 10 a.m. when I'm around the studio. I go live on the air for 60 seconds and ask our listeners to pray for one another as we prepare to pray the rosary on air. Uh, don't forget, by the way, as we've heard today, and we cannot say it time again, you know, enough, we can't say it enough. We'll, we're going to say it again and again and again and again. Pray the rosary each and every day. As Father said earlier, 
not annually, not monthly, not weekly even, daily. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Rumor has it, and by rumor, my calendar and uh, text messages back and forth tell me that Father John Schneier is going to be with us tomorrow on the show talking about how we already can be thinking about getting ready for Lent. I know. We're not even a month, we're, we're a little more than a month out, but we've got to get ready. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven, and as the Blessed Mother asks us to do every day, pray your rosary today.